0: Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 1. The Bible said, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. No that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall be, be uh, shall he re- receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And ye masters, do the same things unto them for bearing threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven. Neither is there respect of persons with him. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me the utterance that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, and that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, but that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that ye might know our affairs and that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren in love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray now that you'll add your blessings to the reading of thy word and may the will of God be done and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to draw your attention here in just a moment to verse number 10. I read the entirety of this chapter because I want to bring this chapter together with a thought and a theme that I believe goes throughout this chapter that the Lord has laid upon our heart. Uh, The Bible talks about here in the first 10 verses or the first nine verses of the Apostle Paul, of course, throughout the entire book of Ephesians, he is dealing with the church, amen? He's talking about emphasizing the church in chapter one. Uh, We know that that is the majesty chapter as he talks about the great thing that we have in the church and of the church through the uh, by the Father and, and through the Son of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then uh, chapter two, Paul reminds us that is the mercy chapter where he reminds us that we were once dead but now we're alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter three is the great mystery chapter as Paul unfolds one of the great mysteries of the New Testament as he talks about the church uh, and how that the middle wall of partition has been broken down and now both Jew and Gentile have been made part of one body and one flesh in the Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter four is the morality chapter or the maturity chapter, either one, as he talks about things as believers, how we ought to walk and how we ought to live our life before this world. Chapter five is the marriage chapter as Paul gives these great truths concerning a husband and a wife, but the mystery that he's talking about is Christ and the church, amen? Well, when you come to chapter number six, Paul opens with these first nine verses here and he talks about the membership that's within the church. He begins at the very bottom as he talks about the children and admonishes them to obey their parents in the Lord uh, for this is right. Now anytime your child looks at you and says, why do I need to do this or why do I need to do that? If you need an answer on the moment, just take chapter and verse right here and say because this is right. Amen? And I want to say that is what Paul deals with. As children, you to obey your parents because it's right and the same is true about us as the children of God we're to obey our heavenly father at all times because it is right he deals with these little ones in the church and then he mentions the leadership and the ladies in the church as he says here honor thy father and thy mother amen and you know when he deals with this he goes down and talks about the fathers in verse number 4 and ye fathers provoke not your children unto wrath but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Now I'm not preaching on the home this morning. I'm simply laying the foundation for this message this morning. But you know as well as I do, I remember a few months back I preached on 17 things uh, how a father can provoke his child unto wrath. But what is interesting in this verse here is that the Bible lays out the responsibility of the leadership of the home is to rear the children. Can I get a witness right there? Uh, We're to lead the home. We're to lead the, the wife. We're to lead the little ones, the children, in the right way. And the Bible talks about nourishing them. It talks about admonishing them. Of course, we know we're to correct and to discipline, but I think it's, a, a listen, it ought to be said this morning that we put it in its proper order. Amen? You see, when I think about God, I do not think about God as a God of correction. I do not think about God as a God of discipline and he does every bit of that. But God is a God of nourishment. Amen? He loves me like I was. His only child if I know anything about my heavenly father I know this Uh, he loves me in spite of who I am he loves me in spite of what I do he loves me too much to let me get by with the sin and and things in this world but I know that he nourishes and then he admonishes thank God he gives instruction uh, how that we can live uh, and serve in this life and so Paul is dealing with the membership he deals with these little ones he deals with the husband or the father and the mother but he also deals with the laborers in verse number five. He said, servants, be obedient to that uh, are your masters according to the flesh, amen? So Paul lays out the membership of the church. It consists of the little ones. Thank God for the youth program. Thank God for the children. It deals with uh, the ladies in the church. I know every lady may not be a mother, uh, but it deals with the leadership in the church. Uh, And then Paul talks about labors in the church. Uh, I wanna tell you, we need some labor in the church and even in the community in this day and time. Somebody say amen. My brother, we're living in a generation and I know that that's not the generation of uh, the young people that I'm preaching to and the young couples this morning, but you would agree with me that this younger generation today knows very little about labor. And it's hindering a lot of our churches today. People would rather pay to have something done as to do it themselves. And the idea in a church is to serve. There's some things uh, that we pay for, but there are opportunities of service uh, in the church. uh, And Paul is dealing with that in verse number five. uh, He says that servants ought to be submissive. Uh, Notice what he said, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, uh, with fear and trembling and singleness of heart. But you ought to underline that last phrase as uh, unto Christ, amen. You know, he told the wife to submit herself to her husband in chapter five, in verse number 22, but in verse 24, he said in everything, but in verse 22, he said as unto the Lord. And the same thing is true about a servant. We ought to submit on the job. There ought to be submission in our Christian character, but only as to the Lord. Somebody said, man, right there. Uh, Peter reminded us that we ought to obey God rather than man. That means if you agree to something on the job and you agree to certain hours, you ought to work and you ought to give your best. Uh, you ought to be honest honest. Don't be a deadbeat. Somebody say, man, don't ride the clock and see how much extra money. Don't steal from the company. If it don't belong to you, don't take it home. Amen? Now, I'm telling you, you ought to be honest and you ought to be a hard worker and you ought to serve God, but it ought to be as to the Lord. Amen? I'm telling you, don't buckle under society. Now, let me just say this while I'm on this introduction right now because we're still getting to the message. It ain't going to be long, but it's going to be clear. I promise you that. Brother, I'm telling you, don't buy ear and swallow everything that corporate wants to shove down your throat. Somebody say amen right there. Now I'm not here this morning to tell you whether to get a vaccine or not and get a vaccine. You gotta pray. You say, well, Brother Gravel, don't you have an opinion? I do, but I don't live in your household. Amen. I don't have your responsibilities. I don't have your bills. And I, I'm not gonna, I'll pray for you, but you do whatever God lays on your heart to do. But what I do wanna remind you this morning, not about the vaccine, but about this. Don't swallow everything, the news media. Don't swallow everything that's coming down the pipe in emails. Don't swallow everything that's coming down the pipe in social media. You know what the world wants to do? They wanna silence us and take our common sense away from us. I'm gonna tell you, friend, I'm gonna fight that to my dying breath. I like everything you said this morning I'm telling you friend they've lost their mind not me amen I'm of a sound mind you're of a sound mind because we have a sound book and I'm just gonna stand where I've always stood because that's the day we're living in amen say preacher is it right it was right 20 years ago still right today I don't know how I got it out of that verse but it's in there somewhere say man. He said, be submissive, be sincere, not with eye service. Don't be a brown noser. Don't run around all the time trying to listen. To get one up. I mean, just be honest and let God do the promoting, not yourself, amen? Not eye service men pleasers, and that's in the church. You know, one of the reasons God blesses this church, because it's not about me, and thank God it'd crumble if it was, amen? We're not building it on the pastor. We're not building it on his family. We're not building it on the church. On." Any Anybody in the church? Personality? We're not building it on deep pockets. Somebody say, "Man, uh, hey, I'm telling you, this church is founded on the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and we're to take a stand uh, and do what's right." Amen. Be sincere is what he's saying, and then he's saying here to be serving. Look at verse seven with goodwill, doing service, work is what he's saying. Be a good worker, do a good deed. Work hard. Don't be lazy. Amen. I'm trying to get to the message, but this is too good to preach. Not preach. Amen. I mean, don't be lazy. Don't be a bum. Don't be a deadbeat. Uh, don't always have your hand out uh, looking for somebody to feel it. Amen. And uh, learn to work and earn your own way. Amen. Uh, I'll tell you, every young preacher in this church this morning uh, if you want work, uh, then listen, you're not worth two cents for the gospel's sake. Amen. Uh, every young preacher I know wants to go out full time in ministry. I understand that. And I do too. But you gotta have a work ethic. You gotta be busy. You can't be lazy. You can't sleep till nine o'clock and expect to do anything for God. Amen. You say, well, I was up late. Well, then just learn to go to bed a little bit earlier. And if you don't, drink some coffee in the morning or do something to get yourself going. But don't sleep till the sun warps your feet. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, get up. Get out of the bed and be busy and do something for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. You know, work if you live for God in the ministry, I don't know why I'm saying it, but I'm gonna say it. If you serve God in a ministry, you cannot be lazy or you're never gonna do nothing for God. Amen. There's more to working in the ministry than looking at a computer screen all day. Somebody say amen. amen. Uh, more than in the ministry than surfing the internet trying to get some slick sermon. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, you better learn how to pray. You better learn how to walk with God. Uh, you better learn how to get in your Bible and get on your knees. Uh, you better learn that you need the people of God and the people of God need you. Uh, you better learn how to work uh, and to do something. Uh, you better learn how to just sweat, amen. I've seen, well, I won't even go there. I'm gonna move on this morning, Amen. Hey, some people, their body would break out in a rash if they sweated. It's been so long since they perspired, amen. Last time they perspired probably was when they was eating a donut or something, you know. But I'm telling you, friend, we need some people that's not afraid to work, amen. It's good for you to go to bed sore. It's good for you to go and talking about your muscles, not your feelings. Somebody say, man, I'm talking about, friend, listen, it's good to get out and sweat and move and exercise and do something productive, amen. Don't expect everybody to do something for you all the time. If you're always having to ask somebody to pick something up or go across a broom and get something for you, or if you spend your days leaning on a broom all day at work, I hope they fire you because you're not worth the money it costs to pay you to push a broom. I'm talking about get busy, do something for God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's move on. Amen. I'm talking about a, a serving, a spirituality. You say, well, why would I wanna work hard for that company that don't even know God? Look at verse number eight. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. I'm gonna tell you something. God never has blessed laziness. He don't bless slothfulness, but he sure does bless somebody that'll put forth a good effort and have a good work ethic. And we need some laborers in the The church, Amen. If the only thing you show up for around here is a a hot dog roast or a a listen, cake and pie and ice cream, but you won't work and do anything, you need to have revivals. What you need? Am I telling the truth? If you see a piece of paper in the floor, don't say, don't come to me and say, "Hey, somebody needs to pick up the paper around here." Well, you're that person. You just got elected. I'm just preaching. If you're mad, I can't help it. I'm just preaching. I'm telling you, it's a truth. Uh, uh, listen, we don't have no complaint departments here. We have fix-it departments. Uh, and if you find something wrong, fix it. Amen. But make sure you fix it right. Amen. Uh, listen, don't patch it up. Uh, uh, don't make it look bad. Don't give uh, listen, don't give the church uh, your leftovers. Give the church your best. Amen. I've always said, if a church needs a vacuum cleaner and you think they need one, don't go buy yourself a new one and bring us your old one. Amen. Buy the new one for the church and you keep the old one. Can I get a witness on that? I mean, give God the best. Is that right? I I don't know where that's in there somewheres too. You have to get a commentary to find it. I'm just telling you, we need some labors in the house of God. You say, preacher, why do you preach like that? Because look at verse 10. We are in a warfare. And I'm preaching this morning on the spiritual warfare of the church. When you get to verse 10 down to verse 19, Paul reminds us we're in a battle. Friend, I'll tell you this morning, this is what I know. I don't know everything, but I know this as a pastor this morning. We are in the battle of our life. And I know for what we have enjoyed and what we've experienced and what what we have had down through these years, if we're going to keep it, I'm just telling you sometimes I may I don't mean to be I hope I, I don't sound crude and rude I don't want to be that way but I'm telling you I know that if we're going to keep what we have number one it's going to have to be God that does the keeping amen. but I know that number two uh, listen we're not going to keep what we got if we don't keep the plow set deep uh, and we don't keep plowing where we've always plowed uh, and it's going to get more sensitive in days to come because listen fewer people are going to do it and more people out there in this world is going to put pressure on the church because they want us to shut up. They want us to silence up. They want us to just kindly water it down. It's just not in me this morning. Never has been, and by the grace of God, I hope it never is. I'm telling you how I like preaching. I like preaching old time, Holy Ghost, Spirit filled in the Bible, but straight delivered across the pulpit. I never want to leave church scratching my head trying to figure out what the preacher was trying to tell me. I want to stay in the bounds of this Bible. I want him to have the right spirit. I want him to have compassion. But I'm telling you, if you're gonna keep an old-fashioned church in this day and time, you're gonna have to preach like we've never preached before because they're ready to storm the doors. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Hallelujah.
1: Hey, you know what? I'm glad I'm
0: in the battle for the Lord and right. I'm telling you, listen, I'm not discouraged. I'm not down and out. You say, but preacher, have you watched the news? No, because I'd get mad and blow the television up if I did. I'm just telling you, but I'm not discouraged. I'm telling you, listen to this world, if they want to paddle, I say, go ahead. I'm telling you, we're on the right side. We're on the side that's already won. And our captain and our commander, he's leading us in the right way. It may get ugly and it may get bloody, but I promise you, One thing, uh, uh, the church of the living God, uh, she's gonna sing through the fire. She's gonna march on through the adversity and she's coming out uh, on top, uh, on resurrection morning. Hallelujah. Woo, praise God. I wanna say we are in a battle, amen. I'm not looking for a fight. I'm just not running from one. Somebody say amen. I'm telling you it's time. And the Bible says here, if we are going to win the battle for the Lord in right, there's some things we need in this spiritual warfare. I want to give you four things in this text and be done that we need. Talking about the spiritual warfare of the church, four things the church needs in the day of battle. I want to say first of all, the church needs the full armor of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his mind. There's our energy, not in our flesh, but in the power of his mind. Strong in the Lord. Our energy is in him. He talks about our encouragement in verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God. Suit up that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He talks about our enemy in verse 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Let me stop and say this. I don't have time to argue with backslid church members. Somebody say, hey, man, I'm not gonna spend my days trying to answer critics at lead and go somewhere else. You say, hey, preacher, have you heard anything? I hadn't heard anything, honestly. I'm just saying, I'm not gonna waste my days or times trying to fight battles that will not matter in eternity because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And then in verse number 13, Paul begins to give us the equipment. He says, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. You know how we're supposed to stand? How we're supposed to have done all to stand. That means don't be weak-kneed. Amen. That means don't be bad-spirited, but don't back up. That means whatever we preach, we need chapter and verse. Can I get a witness on that? Having done all to stand. Listen, that means it doesn't matter what the government says. It doesn't matter what the mandates say. It doesn't matter what the liberals say. It doesn't matter what the atheists say. It doesn't matter what the modernists say. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the brethren say. Amen. We're not listening to them. Uh, we're a local autonomous uh, a church. Uh, we're independent fundamentally. Amen. We believe the principles of the Word of God. We stand independently and we stand it without apology. Amen. Uh, we stand on the authority of the King James Bible. Amen. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm getting in a King James debate. I, I had one friend, he said, uh, uh, "Why don't?" He, he was going to one of those debates uh, and he said, I've got to be a part of it. I said, I wouldn't waste my time with them. He said, why? I said, I'll tell you why. Uh, my friend, the word of God needs no defense, amen? You either believe this Bible or you don't believe it, amen? And there's scoffers and there's mockers that have come in the last day and I'm telling you I found the truth about 30 something years ago or should I say the truth found me, amen? And I've been satisfied with my Bible it's inerrant, it's infallible it's indisputable, it's indestructible it's the unadulterated word of God I believe you can live by it you can serve by it, you can die by it amen, it's helped my home it's helped my family, it's rescued my soul, why would I even think about picking up anything else it is the word of God this morning, amen somebody said, what do you think about the ESV I think it's trash That's where it needs to go if you own one. The NIV. It's trash. I wouldn't, hey, if I if I had an NIV Bible or an ESV Bible and took it out and I set it on fire, I wouldn't stand too close to it and breathe, amen? Because it's a corrupt text. No telling what you might be in inhaling, amen? I'm just telling you, friend, I, I thank God for the King James word of God. You ought to know why you're King James. You young people stand on the King James Bible. Don't search after none of those other perversions, but stand true on the text that has stood true God. Amen. It is the Bible God uses for English speaking people. It's always has worked t- and it always will. Amen. Have done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Uh, uh, my friend, we need the truth. That girdle is that which holds everything together. It's like that belt. Uh, it holds everything together. And the truth is what holds everything together. Uh, having on the breastplate of righteousness. That blessed uh, breastplate, it protected the vital organs, amen. It protected those organs from the enemy. It protected the heart. Uh, it protected what was on the inside. I'm gonna tell you something. If you're gonna live for God, you're gonna have to have the full armor of God. That means you gotta have the right book, but it also means you got to live right. The breastplate of righteousness, it's got to be in your heart, not just on your heart, but it's got to be in your heart to want to live a clean and righteous life, amen. 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 You see, I cannot live sinless, but I can't live clean. You see I don't even know that, preacher, because the Bible tells us we can be cleansed through the word of God. There's positional sanctification. I can't do anything about that. It happened the day that we got saved. Only the blood of Jesus Christ could wash my sins away, and you know that. But there's progressive sanctification. And the Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse number 1, having therefore these promises dearly beloved, let us, that puts a responsibility on me and you, let us cleanse ourselves. Amen. Now how can we do that? I'm going to tell you how we can do that. We have to daily take a bath in the word of God. You see when you got up this morning uh, listen, you took a shower and you took that soap and you cleansed uh, uh, that body, at least I hope you did. Amen. Uh, you you cleansed yourself uh, and what I'm saying this morning is uh, it's the same way with this book, you've got to read it every day of your life, God give you a Bible, don't throw it on the coffee table don't throw it in the back seat of the car somewhere and let it lay there all week until it gets dog-eared, take good care of your Bible, I'm telling you listen, if it gets wore out, it ought to be wore out from you reading it, not mistreating it, somebody say amen, I'm telling you friend, the Bible ought to be in your heart and clean living ought to be in your soul, amen people leave a good church where people have convictions and standards, it doesn't mean we're Pharisees because we believe in doing right. But they'll say that about you. Somebody said one time to me, said, "Well, I, I, they visited here, they actually joined here. They said, uh, you know, I didn't come here and visit for a long time because somebody told me y'all measure hairlines and hemlines. I said, we don't do that. But I said, we believe in both of them. <laughs> Can I get a witness? I got four amens on that. I still believe that. That's right. We believe it. Anybody's welcome to this church. Any sinner can come to this church. I don't care what they look like and you don't neither. But we know that when they get saved, God don't leave us where he found us. Is that right? Thank God He'll clean the inside up first. And you got to get the inside clean. If you get the outside clean and the inside is still lost, you are a Pharisee. Uh, but I'm telling you, if you get the inside clean, you don't got to worry about the outside. Amen. I'm telling you, if somebody gets born in the family of God, uh, the Holy Spirit will do the job, uh, and the preaching of the Word of God uh, will clean the outside up. Uh, if they'll surrender and they'll submit. Uh, uh, but I'm talking about the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, and then he says, your feet shod uh, with the preparation of the gospel Peace, amen. I'm talking about uh, having that. uh, Listen, having the preparation of the gospel. You young men, listen to me. You ought to underline that word uh, and your feet shod. You ought to underline this uh, with the preparation of the gospel. There's a great need in our day for young men to prepare. We need to prepare as Christians for the gospel above all, taking the shield of faith. Faith protects all. Can I get a witness on that? Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Verse 6 says, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And then he says, Take the helmet of salvation. Amen, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we cannot, Paul is giving the equipment. Oftentimes, uh, we quit there and say, well, that's the equipment, and all of them have to do with the Word of God, and they do, and we're to take the Word of God, but we can't leave verse 18 out. He said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watch him there too with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Listen, Paul, in this verse, tells us uh, as Christians, it's the Word of God in prayer. If you and I are gonna stand in these last days, you know what it's gonna take? We're gonna have to put the full... armor of God on. We're going to put that girdle of truth on. We're going to put on the breastplate of righteousness. We're going to have our feet shot with the preparation. That's a good foundation of the gospel of peace. And we're going to have to take that shield of faith and not the shield of fear. Somebody say, man, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. In Psalm 53 and verse 6, David said, what time I'm afraid. I'll trust in thee. Amen. I'm telling you when fear comes, you ought to trade that fear in for faith. Amen. No that God will take care of me and God will take care of you but we have to take up the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit but we'll have to pray always amen I'm gonna tell you this morning the sign of a consistent prayer life is not the sign of a great spiritual giant it's the sign of one who knows how much he needs God There's no boasting in our prayer life. The more we pray, the more we realize how desperately we need the Lord's help. What's the church gonna have to have in this day of spiritual warfare? The church needs the full armor of God. Then the church needs a fearless admiral, amen? Paul calls himself an ambassador, but I want to use the word admiral this morning just for the sake of, of what's on my heart. In verse number 19, he said, And for me, the, uh, that utterance may be given to me, that I may o- open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You know what an admiral, is? an admiral, my friend, is the commander of a fleet. Amen. He's a naval officer that is in the very highest of rankings, amen. You know, when I think about the apostle Paul, that's who I see him as. uh, as, uh, Paul was a great uh, admiral. Paul was one, uh, my friend, that stood. Paul was one that was not afraid to back up. Paul was one, my friend, that would not, uh, uh, listen, uh, he would not cow down. He would not hide himself. Uh, uh, Paul was one that would lead those uh, uh, that were willing to follow. And we need that in these last days. Uh, We need some men that'll rise up and be men. I'm not talking about boastful and I'm not talking about proud but I'm talking about fearless. In the day of adversity, he's willing to stand and lead the people of God. Amen. See, I believe the church has a voice. When I say that, this is what I mean. We're going to build a building, Lord willing. We're gonna build that building contingent on two things. Number one, that it's the will of God and number two, that it's the will of the people the will of God should be first and foremost. But the people have a voice. They, the congregation has to vote when that comes. We're not building it because preacher thinks so. We're not building it if I say we're building it. We're building it if the people takes a vote. And the vote, if then if, if, the congregation is behind that vote. The people have a voice. But at the same time that the people have a voice, I want to say this morning that when it comes to the spiritual things, not the financial things, and financial things are spiritual things to a point, but when it comes to the spiritual things of God, the people need a leader. And the preachers should not take polls to find out what the congregation wants. I'm telling you that this morning, not to as a dictator. I'm telling you if I resign this church this morning, and join the church tomorrow. I do not want to go to a church where the pastor is so noodle back and so diplomatic that he wants to find out what the people want. I didn't join that church to try to lead that church. I joined that church so that I could be led. Amen. Now I think any pastor worth his salt with the Bible says in the multitude of counselors there's safety. I believe that's why God gives a pastor good deacons. Amen. So that we can talk and we can pray together and we can discuss things and and think that's what we do. And we wait sometimes. There's been times I, I was ready to push the button on something or pull the trigger but but you know why? Uh, maybe I saw some apprehension somewhere and God used that. There's other times that maybe apprehension was there and I could understand why, but it would been nailed down in my soul. You need to go forward and do this and thank God for men that'll follow even when they're not sure, but they trust you, they trust God. But there's been times, uh, uh, listen, when I was ready to pull the trigger and I'm so glad God gave us some godly deacons uh, uh, that my friend, that we talk and we pray and we discuss things uh, and it kept me from making a wrong decision, amen. I, they didn't dictate my decision, but they had an input that helped us in a crucial time and don't you thank God for those men that we have like that, but having said that, nobody wants to really go to a church where a preacher gets up and he wants to do what's popular rather than what God tells him to do I'm not running for uh, what would you call it to be the most unpopular person but I think leadership comes down to somebody has to be willing to step to the forefront. And brother, we're living in a day when a pastor can't worry about his paycheck. And thank God that don't have to worry about it here because you're on the same page. But a pastor cannot worry about his paycheck. He cannot worry about the size of his congregation. Who knows what size of congregations we're going to have 10 years from now. I'm telling you, if we stay with the truth, not everybody's busting the door down to come, are they? I will tell you wouldn't you rather I hope it's never this way in this church I I hope we see nothing but prosperous days all all the days of our life and our children's life and our grandchildren's life I want to tell you this morning and I mean it from the depths of my soul I'd rather be in a little church with 50 people and I don't want to be that small and I know you don't I want to win people with the gospel I'd rather be in a little church with 30 or 40 or 50 people and know in my heart and know in their heart that we've not compromised or sold out just for a crowd or a paycheck or some retirement plan. I'm telling you, I'd rather be stone broke living under a bridge and waking up every morning knowing I was in the will of God and know that I hadn't run yellow or run scared. I'm telling you, friend, it's in a time when we need some men that'll be bold in their stand in this day and time. And we see Paul prayed. He said he prayed that God would give him boldness. You know what that shows? It not only shows uh, uh, the willingness of Paul to be bold, but it shows the humanity of Paul that he realized he could be weak. You see, this morning, don't misunderstand when a preacher gets up to preach. He's bold because the Spirit of God comes on him and gives him that boldness. But every man, every preacher, every pastor, Needs people to pray that God will help him to open his mouth boldly. You wouldn't believe sometimes the things the devil. Maybe you would because he talks to you too. But he'll tell you things sometimes. You just have to dismiss it from your mind. I'm gonna tell you when something comes in your mind that's negative, go ahead and dismiss it if it's not of God. Don't dwell on it. The devil will have you thinking somebody in this church don't like you when that person has no clue what's running through your brain. But if you think, you know what, it's evil surmisings of the devil. Well, so and so don't like you. They hadn't shook your hand. They, did you see the way they rolled their eyes at you? I mean, hey, look, people roll their eyes at me all the time. It doesn't bother me. Don't let it bother you. You see what well, people just, I, I just kind of tell myself that maybe they're looking, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> maybe they got something in their eye. But you know, this morning, we need boldness, we need a balance. Paul's boldness, Paul's balance, was that he needed prayers, and it was for the what was his boldness for to make known the mystery of the gospel. It wasn't to be arrogant, it wasn't to be proud, it wasn't to be a smart aleck. It was just for the sake of the gospel, the truth. And then Paul's bonds, for which I'm an ambassador in bonds. Paul was willing to suffer for the Savior. A church needs the full armor of God. It needs a, the church needs a fearless admiral, and then the church needs a faithful assistant. Look what he said in verse 20, verse 21. But that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. could say, beloved brother, he calls him, a faithful minister. And in Colossians 4 and verse 7, he calls him a fellow servant. Shall make known to you all things whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose. Notice this, that ye may know our affairs and that he might comfort your hearts. You know what's interesting about the book of Ephesians? Is that Paul if you go back to Ephesians or Acts chapter 20 you know that Paul and this church was so their hearts were so knitted together. They prayed on the shore that day and they wept together because they knew they would not see each other again until eternity. And even though Paul knew that this church was very interested in his affairs and what it, what was going on in the life of the apostle Paul, Paul in his writings said nothing about Paul. He gave them what they needed. He gave them the word of God, the truth. Paul sent Tenticus to talk about their affairs. Paul was never a man to elevate himself. Oh, you hear me? We're living in a time when it's so easy to elevate personality. Anybody can have a platform nowadays. Just get a social media account. Amen. If you typed on social media tonight, I love red hair and big noses. I promise you, you'll get somebody to like that. Now, come on now. People put things out there so that when people like it, it makes them feel better. But never stopping to think that no matter how dumb of a statement you make, there's always somebody out there that's as dumb as that statement. And they're going to hit like. So you should never feel good when people hit like it. You say, well, what does it mean, preacher? Nothing. <laughs> And when you make a statement, it's just a platform. Somebody would want to know why you like big red hair and big noses. And and somebody else would would probably blow you out for for liking red hair and big noses. And and somebody else would think you're making fun of people with red hair and big noses. That's the way social media works. Somebody would compliment you and tell you what a wonderful person you are because you like red hair and big noses. You say, preacher, that's the dumbest thing I've heard. No, it's not. I promise you, if you go to social media right now, there's a whole lot dumber stuff on there than people liking red hair and big noses, amen? But what's really dumb is we live in a society that is so driven by that, they're so motivated by that, that they think they can't live their life without somebody knowing everything that goes on. I'm just simply telling you, friend, we need some people that'll be faithful to the house of God, that'll stick with the stuff. Tenticus was one. He didn't elevate himself. Paul didn't elevate himself. They was all about the work of God and the word of the ministry, amen. Doing the will of God. You know what we need? We need faithful people. I'll tell you what makes Bible Baptist Church so wonderful, wonderful. It's the Lord. And it's the people that come through them doors every week and sit in these pews and pay their tithes and pray for their church and bring their families and love the work of God. I commend you this morning. Nobody's got up and walked out mad this morning. I mean, 17 people's went to the bathroom while I've preached, but unless they're in there mad about talking about it Brother Wilson I just assume everybody's got an overactive bladder today amen. but nobody's mad at the preaching come on now y'all know I'm telling you the truth but you know as far as I know nobody's left mad don't you thank God for a place you can come and everybody's not ultra sensitive to the truth and the preaching of the Bible hey cut it straight give it to me like God put it down we don't need to water it down we don't need to prop it up we don't need a bunch of fluff we just need to know what does Saith the Lord, we need some faithful servants of God that'll stay by the stuff and stick with the truth. Amen. What I notice about Tinchus in this text, in those statements that Paul made, is that he was loved by Paul. He was a beloved brother. He was loyal to Paul. He was a faithful minister. He was lowly before Paul, Colossians 4 and verse 7, a fellow servant. You got to be willing to be a servant if God's ever going to use you. you got to be a faithful minister, loyal to the man of God. I'm not talking about loyal to the pastor, to a fault. And I think this church speaks well of that. If I died tomorrow, I think the next pastor that come in, would have he's not going to have an easy road in this world, but he wouldn't have a hard road in this church. And it's not because of me. It's because people here, they believe in being loyalty, loyal to the man of God. I've said it in revival meetings and I would say it here. I probably have. You mark the person that wants to make statements like this. Well, I tell you, our pastor, he's a man like everybody else. We know that. And I'm not offended by that statement if it's in the right spirit. But every time I've heard that said in a church where I've been preaching revivals, I've marked that person. Can I tell you, I've not been wrong 10%. I've not been wrong any of the percent of the time on that. It's not because I'm wise, it's because they're revealing their heart. Well they got something in their heart against that pastor, and they want people to <coughs> see him, <coughs> not as their leader, faithful ministers. And then I want to say in closing, the church needs a fervent admonition. Notice what Paul says in verse 23 and 24. He gives four fundamentals of the faith. He says, "Peace be to the brethren. Love. With faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Paul gives them the four fundamentals of the faith to admonish them. Peace, love, faith, and grace. You see, if the church is going to stand in the day of adversity in this time of spiritual warfare, we're going to have to have peace within because there's not peace without we're going to have to have love one toward another. Amen. I, I think we're in a church that where people love each other. And then we're going to have to have faith to go forward to do the will of God. and We're going to have to have grace because we don't know what lies down the road, but we do know that His grace will always be sufficient. I want to tell you as we stand this morning, as they come and get us a song ready. I was this morning just preparing a few thoughts. And I thought to myself as I was sitting there, Lord, I mean this. I praise you for Bible Baptist Church. I praise you for your presence. I praise you for your people. Don't you to thank God for this church this morning? I'm going to tell you, I'd rather, and I mean this, I don't want it to happen, but I mean it. I'd rather my house burn to the ground as my church burned to the ground. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about this. I'm telling you, I, I need this place, don't you? There's a lot of places in life I get by without, but. I need church and I don't just need any church I need this church we're not perfect but God's here and I'll tell you it's good to see brother Daniel come back in this morning wasn't it it's good to see others come back in this morning and thank God for your church as she plays our heads are bowed today I really don't know what proposition to give but if you need to come come we're in a battle we got a good place we got a good church I really think the church is what's going to get us through in these last days we can't afford to, to be silent I understand the day you're living in on the job things are so much different and I pray for you I I, I don't have any advice to give to you I wish I did other than I know the Holy Spirit will lead you if you'll pray. But on this spectrum, on this end, as a church in these last days, it's an opportunity for us to shine and to let the world know in a world, in a country, that to them it looks hopeless, but to us, things are looking better. Hey, heaven is sounding sweeter all the time it sounds a whole lot sweeter today than it did yesterday I don't know what's happening in this world's news right now but I tell you brother Allen opened that book this morning took us through revelations and he said it once he said it ten times he said I'll not be here I'm going to tell you this world it's going to be turned inside out and upside down but guess what we that are saved we're not going to be here you say where are we going to be at we're going to be basking in the sunlight of his love. Enjoying the presence of the one that we've sung about. I, I don't look forward to the judgment seat, but I'll tell you what will help at the judgment seat is to know I'm in his presence. And I'd rather be in his presence at the, at the judgment seat. has to be anywhere else that I know.